and um, here she is a, the woman who plays the, the vixen yeah I I'd about, subscribe to her, her channel all day and I'd buy the merch yeah she is uh, and he would too yeah he would he's all over that and, and I I think it's a sexy scene it's a very sexy scene yeah. who wrote it the guy who gets to kiss her gets to make out with her <laughs> that and tracks fill, fill up her tatas I believe That's, is the term I need to write a musical man you do you need to write a, a musical my girlfriend's like why are you making out with all these people I'm like it's art it's art you wouldn't understand yeah and you're not allowed to be in it either yeah exactly <laughs> why would I get cast you Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the monumental episode 50 of Straight to Series. What's special on this episode? Nothing. It's like every other one, except it's the 50th one. It's the 50th one, yeah, exactly. My name is Connor. I mean. And yeah, welcome to the show. I hope you're all doing well. Movie TV podcast. Yeah. Um, Quenching all your movie thirst. Mm, that well, could, well, some of these movies didn't actually quench my thirst. No, well. no. But Left me pretty hungry and thirsty. Pretty hungry and thirsty. Yeah. So we are going to talk about this week, Hamilton. I'm sure you've heard, but it's on straight uh, Disney Plus now. It's on straight to Disney Plus. Now it's on straight to series. Yeah, it went straight to Disney Plus. Straight to Disney Plus. And then we're going to talk about the greatest Netflix action movie released this year. Extraction. Uh, No, no, no. no, We're actually going to do the other one. Which one? The Old Guard. What movie? The Old Guard. Charlie Theron's in it for some reason. Oh, I saw that yeah. movie. Yeah. And Chuetel Chuetel Ejiofor. Yes, what I correct. Get... You did Why are you say that. What I no, said? I'm just word I'm for word. It. I'm yeah, yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we're going to talk about sadly Ennio Morricone, who passed away at the age of 80, 89, Was it the ah guy? If you read the yeah. Washington Post, it's such a disrespectful um, article. Yeah, he was 91. 91, 91 sorry. Not 91, but he sadly passed away this week, yeah. so we're going to talk about that. Um, and then we're going to talk about the Batman TV series. So excited to mm. uh, ruin a movie that hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got two things we're excited about talking about, two things we're not excited <laughs> yeah. about, but maybe excited about to this. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. it's a good 50th episode. Yeah. And um, we should know what we're doing by now, but... We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? Uh, take this journey with us. Yeah, let's all take this journey together and hopefully we come out the other side yeah. better people. Better people. Oh, that was sure. nice. Yeah, that oh, was that actually was pretty nice. Quote, quote. Quote, yeah, that's straight to series. Put that, put that on the box. Yeah. Um, right, let's start with Hamilton. Let's start with Hamilton, yeah. So just a lot of untalented people <laughs> dancing around a stage. Ugly, Ugly untalented out of tune out of tune people out of rhythm out of rhythm dancing around a stage doing god knows what for Basic, two hours 50 minutes slinging trash slinging absolute slinging trash and um, god damn i loved it oh yeah god damn i loved it it's pretty great it's it's too good yeah it's kind of too good i'm not even into musicals i'm kind of mm. not i'm i never can get over the fact like i'm i'm kind of like the guy you know when there's a You've got seasickness and it's like your 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 mind and your equilibrium's fighting. Mm-hmm. I've always been the kid when I'm watching like uh, when I'm watching a musical and it goes, ah, oh, I feel sad. In fact, I feel so sad. Yeah. I'm like, why is everyone not addressing that he's singing now? Yeah. You know, I've never got past that, and maybe it's just my my feeble mind. But I love this so much, and there's no actual normal talking. Not really. It's all singing. Yeah, it's like, all... right from the get go. It's a whole. 
It's just all music, really. Which is the way I think most musicals should do it. Like Les Mis does that, and that's one of the. That yeah, but that's just a favorite. problem. That's an inherent problem with me, anyway. Oh, no, I'm always it, like, oh, oh, it's just as a kid. I never. I know. No one told me, hey, it's called culture. Shut up. You know? I, <laughs> I totally understand it, but uh, I'm really glad you liked it because you had no experience with Hamilton before. Not at all. I had heard about it and I'd listened to the soundtrack when it was released and everything, so I kind of had a bit more information and I was really excited to actually see it and uh, it's so visceral it's, it's so great it's awesome like, it's shot amazingly as well is. like it's fun to watch it's not you were breaking down for me how they shot it yeah actually it's, like, it's actually three performances yeah which is uh, it's crazy so if you see things a little out of sync it mm-hmm. could be because they're using the audio from a different performance which is or from a performance in the studio we yeah. don't know we don't know yeah we don't know we can get into that like I love this but I do question like it's perfection a and, little bit. And you were saying one of the performances, there's no audience, no right? No audience. So there's two performances back to back, one night and then the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a performance with no crowd so they can do like on stage camera work as well. Because And like, you appreciate it. You when do. When you watch it, you're like, that close up. It's not that it's needed, but it adds to it so much, especially because they're such great actors. Yeah. That you see, like it's written on the face and you would not is. get that from a big crane, you know. If like whatever, if, like fifty feet away, that would be blocking the audience's view. Exactly, of the show. Yeah. I would have been so pissed off the night I went to Hamilton. Hamilton, biggest show in the world at the time, and everything couldn't get tickets. And then there's a fucking crane shot going right in front of the stage the whole and time. And I'm not the musical guy, and I go, okay, I'm gonna give this a go. And, yeah. I, and I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, why is there a cameraman on stage and no one's addressing this? You know, this is fucking weird. Why is the only white guy on stage a fat cameraman? <laughs> cameraman. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's a great show. It was written. And directed and choreographed and all that shit. But well, it wasn't directed. Wasn't directed. Oh, this wasn't no, directed. Wasn't directed. I thought he. No, he, um, oh, he wrote it. Excuse and me. produced it. Excuse but it's got me. an actual director. I should actually say, right? So like, they did two full performances with a crowd, and then they only did certain numbers. So they had already figured out what certain songs they need to do without a crowd. Gotcha. So I think I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm nearly sure it's 17 of the songs they did without a crowd just for like on stage yeah. angles and what I read is that the director had six cameras to work with each night mm-hmm. so for the first night six cameras were in certain positions that he thought were good then the second night he put them in other positions so now we're up to 12 positions so per song he's got 12 different angles to choose from nice. and then 17 of the numbers he did with no crowd so he could do on stage camera work I see I'll get the I'll get the director but Lin-Manuel um, Miranda who I was going to name drop earlier did direct the actual show didn't he he directed the Broadway show did he no he didn't no, either no he didn't either he didn't okay. but he like he's like the, the main yeah. he's the mastermind he, he's the guy yeah. he's he, in it he, he of course he who's he who does the guy who wrote the whole show play he's a background extra isn't he yeah got it yeah yeah, yeah. no he's Alexander Hamilton <laughs> himself and uh yeah it's uh oh, it's just an amazing show but um he was writing it for eight years. Like, so much of his life was put into the show. And you, you can tell. Yeah, you can. I mean, like, even the songs that you don't like in this are musically so good. Like, there's a honky-tonk number that you pointed out <laughs> yeah. that is, like... It's just a bit of a fish out of water. What have I missed? Hip-hop, it's, it's, hip-hop, hip-hop, and then there's a honky-tonk Honky-tonk, song. yeah. Um, Some romantic songs as well that yeah. were there. Gave me a bit of a chub. Just yeah. gonna say, just yeah. well, certain, just from their performances. Is that one guy? Oh yeah, yeah. George Washington. George Washington. Is a sexy brown man. He is. He is a hot piece of ass. <laughs> man, he's got the most soulful R and B 
voice ever. I know. Like if Or Kelly wrote a song for him but didn't perform it because he's busy doing other yeah, stuff. Exactly. He's busy trying to get busy with other people. Other well, <laughs> other <laughs> children, I believe, is the term. But uh, Chris children, Jackson. Children are people too. Okay. Chris Jackson is his name, isn't it? Is that's yeah, that's, that's Christopher Jackson. Yeah. Christopher Jackson. He's George Washington. He's George Washington. He's awesome. But I mean, the cast of this is so talented. Like you, Jonathan Groff from Mindhunter as King George III who you did not recognise initially I had to I'm, point out to you I'm humiliated because I love him I love Mindhunter so much and I can't believe now I watched the whole thing going who's that guy yeah I know who's that guy I know, you know? and then when you find out it makes so much sense he's awesome jumps off the stage and off the screen like George- he's so good it's the thing where he doesn't have to do he doesn't have to do any of the emotional stuff George III is kind of like he's used sparingly but whenever he's used it's awesome he it's like, all comedic it's all comedic so he just gets to come in and have fun every time which is like when you're watching it you're like man I'm not good enough to be any of these people but if I had a choice I'd want to be George III because you just come in you have fun and then you yeah. get off the stage for the rest of it Um, there's the director okay Alexander Lacamoire 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 yeah he's yeah. the director he directed the show okay. And he directed the actual filming. I understand. Okay. And we should also say that this was four years ago. Four so years weird. ago. Yeah, 2016. on this. Yeah. Which makes me kind of question, like they had a lot of time to tinker with it if they wanted. So they could do a little bit of studio work if they wanted. Yeah. Because there's once there's a few times, I sound like I don't like it, but I love it. Mm. There's a few times where you see that the audio is out of sync. Well, you're watching it so intently because you're enjoying it that you just notice these things you're a bit gross. more. Yeah. It's uh, you pick up on stuff. It's funny enough that that's like the trade-off because when we talk about the old guard later, I was watching this so intently that I started to notice things off with it, and then when I was watching the old guard, it didn't have me hooked. Don't so focus on it. <laughs> so I was thinking about all the bad things in it as yeah. it was going. Like the job of any movie is to make me forget about like your the, existence the existence and the rules of the Your world nine to five. the rules of the world that I live in yeah so it's like escapism that's what it's, it is it's escapism so when a movie is really good at getting that escapism like Hamilton you pay super close attention to it and notice things and when it's not very good like the old guard you end up noticing all the terrible things and questioning everything yeah so exactly that's it yeah. it's, it's, you, you, there's no, and you're, there's no, you're not escaping into anything then no. you're actually more pissed off yeah and then you're thinking I fucking work tomorrow as well yeah and you're like why, yeah. well, why do I have to do this to, um, yeah. do we really need to talk about this in the podcast <laughs> um, but back to the Hamilton uh, it's awesome David Diggs who we owe an apology to, but he owes an well, someone, TNT, someone, TNT owes TNT, an apology. Yeah, and someone for ruining him. Someone owes him an apology because yeah. he is the star of Snowpiercer, the TV show that we kind of reviewed a few weeks ago, and we had a lot of problems we with did. his performance because he's an absolute cool, charismatic dude, and it, yeah. and it just makes no sense because he's been living in pure poverty and should be like a yeah. destroyed human being he's just like and he's like yo bro what's up man and I'm like what's going on here and he's just way too cool for school everyone likes him he's just like super- I, I like him but hate him because yeah. I'm like why is he why is he so cool why is he so cool why does every character seem to like this guy why yeah. well, like, he's got sex appeal he's got everything he's like he's got bad characteristics but they're like they're like the best ones where he's like oh my wife left me 
but I've been banging this sweet chick on the side. Yeah, I'm going to steal your girl. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to look after this kid, but the kid loves me because I'm such a great dad. And it's like, what he's like, going on? He's such a great guy. He's such a great guy. He's like, I'm going to move up to the tail section. I'm going to make, I'm, I'm move from the tail section. I'm going to make demands of everyone and they're just going to do it because I'm that cool. He's basically crushing it. Yeah, he's crushing it. In an environment it. where no one should be crushing it. Exactly. Especially him. So we were kind of ragging on the performance being like, why is he trying to be this so cool and everything? But then, after watching the show and subsequent interviews yeah. you realize that David Diggs is just a super cool guy he owns that name he owns if you're it. gonna be called David Diggs you better be cool yeah you better be cool he's a super talented super cool guy and we've now come to the conclusion that Snowpiercer it's either bad casting or bad writing. I think it's both. I yeah. think, well, no, it's, it's bad writing. That's really what it is. Yeah. Because if the writing had, if the description was cool ass motherfucker yeah. that goes around charming the pants off everyone, well, then the V Diggs is the guy for the job. Absolutely. So that's good casting, but yeah. that's because the description was terrible because the writing's off. Writing's off. But he is excellent in this. Yeah. He is literally, the crowd are in the palm of his hands. He can make them laugh with just a look. Yeah. He with really just a can. look. Like he's he, excellent. He's and he's like you can tell when he's performing. He's like all of the all of the actors we should say are clearly lost in their performance. Where they sometimes they just forget their performance. And I'm just, lost in their performance. Exactly. As well, especially him. Leslie Odom Jr. is another one. He plays Aaron Burr, and he also has the audience eating out of his hand. I think the he's my number time. one. Me I actually too. think he's my number one. Yeah. I love his voice. I love where he goes. The raspiness yeah. and like he can do it all. His song, They're all too fucking talented. That's I know. the problem. All the talent in the world is directed. Is on that stage. Is in the original cast of Hamilton, basically. Them yeah. and uh, Donald Glover as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, they've sucked up all the talent in the world. Yeah. But uh, it's just a great. Like it's got so many great numbers. Like we were. Like I love Wait for It. That's my favorite. Uh, it's excellent. That's almost like a pop tune. I know. Way, it's so catchy. It's so good. And then there's like the opening number. We watched it again to get yeah. hyped for it. It's so much fun. I've watched it four times now, the opening number. <laughs> and I love it. I, I'm just engrossed. In it. And then I'm yeah. afraid. It's two hours and 40 minutes long, by the way. We came at this a bit afraid. We did. Because we seen 2.40 and we were going, oh shit, if this is bad, yeah. this, that's 2 hours and 40 minutes. Mm. And you kind of want to sit through it because we do a podcast yeah. and we want to be able to give it its... A it's, fair do. A fair do, yeah. That's and, the only reason I'm playing The Last of Us Part 2 now. Because I was won over by the first game after playing the remaster and I was like, alright, I've read a lot of stuff but I'll give my I'll give it a fair go and try it myself but both parties are so separated on it as well like you kind of want to know which side do I land on yeah because there's not many people who are like yeah it's okay Down the it's middle. like I absolutely hate it and I want to shoot the person who made it in the head yeah and fucking gamers can be batshit crazy yeah and whoever played that person yeah because that makes sense that makes that sense tracks. Laura Bailey is amazing by the way you should check her out she's yeah. so cool and stuff fucking tweeting horrible Terrible. horrible things yeah exactly um but anyway, it just like you want to give your own opinion, and we were very scared by the two hour fifty. Two hour, runtime. two hour forty. Forty, excuse me. I think I said fifty. To, well, you were the one who said, "Hey, we should watch Hamilton," and yeah. I was like, "Hell yeah, okay." Then I looked at it, it was two hours and forty minutes long. I was like, "Oh, mm. the Connor just fucked me. The yeah. Connor just fucked me." Yeah. And I, I thought I had because I was like, "Man, if he doesn't like this, it's gonna be really bad." But thankfully, you really liked it. It's excellent. Yeah, but. Uh, Everyone is excellent in this. Everyone it's, is excellent. It's frustrating to watch that much talent in one area and yet you at one time. Because you're uh, like, yeah. they're like, killing it. They're good looking. They're yeah. great dancers. Amazing bodies. Yeah. Uh, fantastic singers. Fantastic mm. actors. Like, yeah. it just w leave some for the rest of us. I know. Leave some for the rest of us. Seriously, it's, it's a well cast, well performed show. And, and this cast, 
they, they're like the, the best of the cast because then they change it starts to rotate yeah so they were like the main cast and that was the performances that you're watching mm. the three performances that are amalgamated to that one movie yeah that's like one of their last time well that's like one of the last weeks where they were all together I think then two weeks later people start kind of dipping out and mm-hmm. new actors came in yeah so like that that was the best of the bunch and of course it's going to seem like perfection because they've been doing it for years I then know. you know that's what you forget like you pointed out to me that it was five nights a week they were doing this and then some day, matinees at some stage as well this is a two hour 40 minute show no wonder they're ripped yeah and he got that shit down to a T but we were on we are saying like how can you how can you perform that well every night like vocally like what yeah. sort of maintenance goes I'm, into keeping your vocals pristine and some of these these voices what's it your man uh, Christopher Jackson yeah he made me gay yeah he made me gay yeah, in me that too. he's got the most, the sexiest soulful voice he and does. he's got this look about him got a good set of eyebrows he as well does. he's got a motive he's, he's so good he's really really good he's a guy I'd follow yeah you know shut up Christopher's talking well that's it he's playing what's, what's he saying tell me what to believe Christopher well he's playing George Washington which is so perfect for that we should say what he was talking about how surreal it is yeah that like he was first of all he's an African American man playing George Washington like mm-hmm. who grows up who's into musicals thinking that someday I'll be playing George Washington on a Broadway stage I know but then he he told he talked about how I'd see I don't know the name of it but when a president has finished their term they do like a party yeah um, an end of term party end of term graduation party, party? yeah that sounds good yeah <laughs> so a he Debs. Yeah, a Debs. sure yeah. why not um, so he got to sing as George Washington in the White House singing off the first African American president with a portrait of George Washington in the background and he's like this is way too surreal yeah and he also said like he actually got kind of slightly tearful in the interview I was watching where he was saying that like his, his I think it was his grandmother or his mother was like you could do anything even be a president you know mm. and of course especially if you're black you're like yeah that's not gonna happen you know that mm. way and then he's there yeah. in that moment and been like oh my god this is just alchemy like what the fuck is going on here that's amazing it's uh, uh yeah it's, and he's a sexy man he is he's a sexy man I mean they're all and then we should probably shout out the women because as always on straight to series we focus on the men <laughs> what the Every, fuck's wrong with I know yeah we're two straight blokes who just love talking about men just love it let me talk about the male physique yeah. for a minute let's talk about men for like an hour and 50 minutes but yeah Philippa Sue and Renee Elise Goldberry they are two of their they're Angelica and uh, Eliza Eliza and Angelica Eliza is Philip Sue and Angelica is Renee uh, respectively two of the main lead female vocalists yes. in the thing and they're awesome even the background extras of the women in the cast are like will come on stage steal a scene with one line of dialogue and you always wonder they're just like the next one I know like you know like they're amazing yeah. but they have like like an extra like this probably like Matthew McConaughey was probably an extra in a few things before yeah. he was Matthew McConaughey I know so you're, when they sing you're like oh they're amazing as well yeah. they're just not there yet you I know? always think they I, haven't moved up the ranks yet I would always think like did they take over at some stage are they yeah. someone's understudy you know what I mean like it's weird uh, Lin-Manuel talks about missing the night that Beyonce and Jay-Z were in the crowd he was too sick. Really? He missed the night that Beyonce wow. and Jay-Z was there. And like someone told him they were there and he was like taking the IV out of his arm. <laughs> yeah. He was like, get me. Let me do thing. it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's mad. But I mean, we, we were talking about the songs earlier. Like there's a song that the two of us, we've constantly come back to. And it's like, how to say no to this. Uh, it's such a, 
Oh, it, I never thought in a musical <laughs> about the Founding Fathers I would hear a song that had the line... That's on 99% that's on Rotten Tomatoes. On, that's on 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. Have a line, but my body's saying, hell yes. You know what I'm saying? It's and there's like, this hoe coming around slanging. Slanging. Slanging pussy. Slanging pussy, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Anthony, never... Anthony Hamilton's like, I'm saying yes to this, but I gotta I gotta uh, fight it for a minute just to look good. Just you to know, look just good. to save face. Yeah, it's the like, word cuckold is used in a song. No, it is. I, but Man, like... I'm gonna be singing that song in my head next time I'm in the bar and some jail bay comes along. <laughs> I don't know how to say, say no, no to this. And all my uh, bros are like, you gotta say no, no to this. Uh, but he's gonna say yes, yes to this because yeah. he's already decided when he was in the bathroom looking in the mirror. <laughs> all right. You're a cool guy. You got this. You got this. You'll figure out what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you made a great point that it's like Peep Show. Mark Corrigan has a line. What was it you were saying? I don't know. It's like he's, it's pretty much what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he's like, I've already decided that I'm going to say yes, but I need to say face, make me look virtuous. So I'll say no a few times. Yeah. As long as they kind of offer it one more time, you know, yeah. you've got to say no a certain amount of times. I think no twice. Twice. And, and then, then on the third one, you go, okay. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah. yeah exactly. It. It's comedy comes in threes. Yeah, bite the pillow, baby. Nose comes in threes. Yeah, bite the pillow. Exactly. <laughs> and um, here, she is a. The woman who plays the the vixen. Yeah, I I'd even, subscribe to her channel all day, and I'd buy the merch. Yeah, she is. Uh, and he would too. Yeah, he would. He's all over that. And, and it's a sexy scene. It's a very sexy scene. Yeah. Who wrote it? The guy who gets to kiss her. <laughs> to make out with her. <laughs> that and tracks. Fill, fill up her tatas. I believe That's, is I need the to term. Write a musical man. You do. You need to write a, a musical. My girlfriend's like, why are you making out with all these people? I'm like, it's art. It's art. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, and you're not allowed to be in it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would I cast you? Yeah. Got you at home. That's like when you have a sex dream about your girlfriend. I feel like I'm after being like you wasted, sold some rotten fruit. I'm like, what the fuck? That's my dreams are for escapism. You know what I mean? I don't want reality in my dreams. And then I wake up next to her, and I'm like, I got what? I just, I just had you. Give Ugh. me a slice of Beyonce in my dream. Yeah, I know. Give you some uh, Chris Jackson in your dream. That's what you want. I want him. No, I want him to sing. Yeah. Handle it while I make love to some woman. We were saying that like it would have been too sexy if Chris Jackson was the one singing no to this. You know, we're like that's a that's a sex appeal yeah, yeah. overdrive right there. <laughs> it seriously is. But uh, not all the songs are about sex in Hamilton, despite no. what we were focused on. I think there's one. Yeah, there's one, but it's just so good because it's, it's such a lad song. Yeah, it's such a male-driven song, and I think it might actually piss off some women where it's like it's easy you just say no no means no but every lad is like listen you should say no but if you say yes I mean I'm not gonna yeah. judge you man I mean seriously as, as the comedian says in Watchmen yeah. no spell by yes <laughs> before he rapes someone that's probably not he's the best quote he's a bad example that's a bad example yeah. I, re I retract that do you remember when he's taking off his clothes and then he takes the muscle suit off <laughs> and it's just Jeffrey D. Morgan in there he like, <laughs> ain't raping no Ah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's great songs. Like, they do the stage choreography and everything. The stage spins, which is so cool and used yeah. to such great effect. At one stage, they... Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. it is. Yeah. And it's they, so good. It's so simple as well. I know. It's, it's just a circular... Well, there's two, isn't there? There's two, and I yeah. think they... One's, want, like, a different pace. Yeah. One's at a different pace. So it, good. It's very cool. And then they have, uh, like, there's a song called Helpless right at the beginning, and then it rewinds, and it, they do such a good job of not only... Like, what, letting the audience know that they're going back, but also 
doing choreography from the first song but from a different perspective yes, and everything it's I, so good it's, it, all the callbacks as well are yeah, amazing they are oh actually that was one thing though we were mm. talking before we started the podcast yeah like one thing that we not it's not that we dislike it but it definitely shoots its load in like the first half yeah yeah the first half is a bit heavy loaded yeah. all the good sh- well not all of it but the best stuff is in the first half totally. and you, then you feel like the best stuff in the second half is the callbacks to the, the first, first half kind yeah. of stuff but the motifs that we've established in the first half are nearly some of the best yeah. parts of the second half but, but that's the thing like you it's tough it's like, like we can say something negative about it you know we're like absolutely yeah. sucking the dick of this oh no it's an this, amazing so. show like if, if we had to criticise it this is what we yeah. come up with but like all the it, you always remember meeting someone and like the introduction to a character and if you love them for that introduction like of course you're going to feel good when you hear that thing again yeah, like of course, they've yeah. so much callbacks like uh, like wait for it Aaron Burr sir all this other stuff yeah. and it's like whenever Jonathan Groff shows up as King George it's like thank I can't wait to see it's this again so good and he's used sparingly he which is. is better it is it's actually better but uh, yeah I mean of course the, like it's front loaded you know it's got like the Revolutionary War takes place in the first half. Like, yeah, I know. Where all the sadness yeah, is in the second yeah, half. Yeah, like, of you know, co- of co- when shit starts to fall apart, the wheels start to fall off. Yeah, of course, the stuff about setting up the banking system and the debates in Congress isn't necessarily as interesting as a full-blown war. However, yeah. they do a great fucking job of it. They do, they do. And the saddest scene of the whole thing for me mm. is in the second half. Yeah, me too. Which I... I could have cried if I wanted to put it that way. If you weren't a man. But I was was trying to save face, trying to be a man about it, even though I was on my own watching it. Yeah. I was like, no, still not going to, I'm going to suck those tears back in. You got to, you can't be, ever show weakness. No, ever. Especially Someone could be watching. Someone could be watching, man. A guy's going to, like, a a man is waiting outside the door with an axe ready to murder you. And if he heard a tear hit the floor, he was just going to burst in and get you. By the way, I was actually doing like bicep curls while eating a protein bar while I was watching it. Oh yeah, because you're a man, Uh, yeah. So you know what it is. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, and then they have like great recurring bits in it. Like every debate in Congress is a rap battle. Such a... It's so obvious. It's such an obvious idea, but it's so executed but when you see so well. It, when it, you go, oh yeah, yeah, and then That's excellent. But it's probably not your go-to thing. But then when you see it, you're like, how could you not? How could you not that do way? that? And then they surprised have... it wasn't a dance off. Yeah, <laughs> and then they have like the ten dual commandments, and then they keep coming back to that. And there's yeah. so much like with the piano you talk about. You know, there's great, just little character things that. It's, it's just awesome. You're trying not to like spoil it. Yeah, but, I'm like compliment it at the just, same time. It's such a good, well written musical. Yeah, it's hard not to get specific because there's so many beautiful moments yeah. in it. You know, there's so many good. Also, I didn't know the the like process of making the Declaration of Independence was cool as fuck. Mm, yeah, apparently so it's cool. Really cool. It's so cool. And also, I do love that. Like, it's just a plethora of different races. Yeah, and it's not addressed. No. They it's kind of cool because they're like oh we're sisters now that is people there have been yeah you know articles criticizing it for I that I like that about it me too and they're saying it whitewashes history because it doesn't address slavery but Lin-Manuel has come out and there is elements of like they address slavery but, but like they kind of just tip it they you know? tip like, it and then it, the character associated with it you know kind of fades in the background basically yeah. so uh, but like people are saying that um it's tough where these 
characters, the founding fathers, are so flawed because they're yes. layered individuals. And yeah. for a musical about them, it doesn't go into the fact that all of these men own slaves and plantations and everything like that. And then that. it gets really confusing because they're played by a lot of African, mostly African-American uh, American. males. Yeah. You know the way? So you're kind of going... Oh, that would get weird. Yeah, people also say that it's now 2020. This was made in 2016. We're different now in 2020 and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, Lin-Manuel has said, you know, he had two hours and 50 minutes. He says two point two and a half hour, 250 show yeah. or something like that. And he tried to squeeze as much in as possible. And you know what? I can't fault the guy. He, but he also says all criticism is valid. So. And he said, like, it's historically incorrect in yeah. loads of places. He's doing his you best. To but he was like, here, I've got a limited amount of time. And there's little things that he changed. And he's like, it's for dramatic effect. You yeah. know? And it's he's, Broadway. It's more to like, he says it's not meant to be taken as historically accurate. It's meant to inspire those to look at the stories yeah. themselves. An appetizer. Which it you does. You know, peak interest. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people, oh, they've been doing educational stuff as well. Yeah. Like they've been going around to schools and things mm-hmm. like that and getting like the students to do their own iterations of certain songs. It's cool. It's, it's extremely cool. And it all stemmed from him just reading. Uh, it wasn't an autobiography. It was a biography written yeah. by someone. About, about Anthony Hamilton like and he just read it and he, I think he said like chapter 2 he was going this is a musical <laughs> this is a musical and then 8 years later it's he's a destroying Broadway like it's awesome and uh, there was something else I was going to say there it's also cool as fuck it's you know, so like, cool it's a, it's a musical yeah and it's a, it's a musical about like the declaration of independence and yeah. shit like that it's cool as fuck. Yeah. You know, there's not a moment where you're going, I'm getting educated here. It's just really, it oozes of pure coolness. It drips cool. And Which is great. Like, is. I, I'm not saying that in a bad way no. at all. Like, I mean, it makes it, like, I, I was telling you, I was trying to show my friend it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah, nah, mate, I'm not into musicals. And I'm like, I get that. I get yeah. that. But you should watch, like, let me just show you the first five minutes. Because I knew it. Yeah. I knew it would catch him. And I was like, you get hooked. You know, it's just that first hit of heroin. Yeah. And I was like... Uh, first one's I, free for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you come back for more. And I said, just just watch it. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, mate. I'm like, I'm like so straight. I wouldn't watch that. <laughs> like, I showed him the first five minutes. 30 seconds in, his foot starts stomping. His foot starts stomping. Yeah. And then I... And then the, once the rapping really hits the r Well, not r b but when it gets super hip-hop... Yeah. Uh, the guy who also plays his son I don't mm. I don't know his name oh I wrote you know, the young it guy who plays two characters Anthony Ramos yeah mm-hmm. the minute he comes in my mate was like okay this, this is kind of cool this yeah. is kind of cool and he's like trying to be the hard guy you know the tough guy and I was like it's, it, it's awesome it's it just is. cool and after five minutes he was like yeah like whatever okay but I knew I knew I got him I yeah. knew I got him and he was like I'm probably gonna watch that when he goes home <laughs> he didn't want he still didn't want to give it in you know like no. oh, I'm not fragile he didn't want to admit but like yeah. he'll be like oh yeah maybe I'll watch that yeah, yeah. but uh, they also do a great thing that's different from some musicals where musicals are kind of like when you sing a song it's like you're hitting these notes and it's perfect whereas in this they let people have character and they kind of give a lot of freedom like switch it around like Lin-Manuel sings like Flavor Flav at one stage <laughs> and it's amazing and then there's Hercules Mulligan I th- Hercules Mulligan Hercules whenever I he- want his voice me too especially a small white guy with his voice <laughs> it would be awesome would be amazing it would be such a like a mind fuck <laughs> it would be <laughs> but, so answer the phone like that I know we should look for his name I will say I'm going to butcher his name when I pronounce oh, it oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he is awesome there it is there Okirieta Onadowan 
I w- yeah, there's no way I pronounced that Someone correctly. Someone just got insulted. Yeah, I apologize in advance. Everyone else's name I wrote down because I was like, I can pronounce those names, you know, but his... He's a huge, beefy black dude, and if you hear his voice, you're like, yeah, that tr- like that's it. That tracks. That, that's exactly his he voice. He's awesome. He's so good in the show. And whenever he comes on stage, it's fucking, it's hype as fuck. Yeah, and it fucking the is. show leans into it where it's like, Hercules, and he he also plays James Madison later in the show my, as well. TV was shaking when he jumps on stage. You know why he's got such a presence and used sparingly as well. Very sparingly. Because he's got such a flavour to him that yeah. it should be used sparingly. Exactly. You know? Um, yeah, so all in all, uh, kind of average musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loved I'm it. in love with this and I will yeah. watch it again. Definitely. Yeah, and I recommend anyone who hasn't watched it yet, if you have Disney+, Plus, definitely check it out. It's Big time. With a channel starved for content... This yeah. is going to get a lot of people in, I think. Allow me to be cynical for one moment. Yes. So the reason why this is getting released now mm-hmm. is because Broadway was announced... It was announced that Broadway will be closed until 2021 because of the virus that will not be named. Yeah. And uh, so to, to go, oh, well, we'll counteract that. Disney had been sitting on this and was go- actually going to do a theatrical release. I say this would have cleaned up. Me too. I actually think it would have made bank. Yeah. And it was actually pretty ballsy of... Uh, Disney to go screw it we're going to release it because you know Broadway is going to be closed and it's a perfect timing uh, to do that but then this whole Black Lives Matter movement happened and I just know that there's some pasty dude in an office licking his lips going this is going to be big for us it's exactly the same as Netflix with the five bloods you know maniacal laugh yeah, I know the cynic maniacal the cynic sentence laugh. the cynic sentence you know? like we don't it's about money like it is it's a money game especially for when you get so high in the fucking film industry it's mm-hmm. all money and numbers and everything and like you know there, there is those guys there's, there's those guys totally and it's, it is true sadly yeah. that like it will do better yeah because of the massacre that happened you know what I mean I know but like it's yeah it's just it's funny because that I love that we have this mindset like you think that there's like there's, there's the two white dudes in a suit and yeah. they wait until the other African American dudes leave and, they just and then go, they're like woo yeah. oh here we high go high five in each other yeah. they're like I'm doing cocaine tonight motherfucker and you know the other dudes are like we knew that was gonna happen we can yeah. fucking hear you we're three feet yeah. away from the office that like, guy does cocaine every night by the way it's <laughs> not he just says it like that like it's a new thing but it's yeah. not um, and it costs by the way it costs Disney 75 million to make I was gonna say oh not to make they bought it they bought it so yeah. it was made by like the crew in fairness though Lin-Manuel is like in Disney's pocket he did Moana he's attached to The Little Mermaid which is his favourite musical apparently and he's directing a movie currently but of mm. course you guessed it it got shut down got shut down and um, Tick Tick Boom for tick, Netflix Tick Tick Boom and the adaption the t- movie adaption of his original Broadway show that got a lot of awards in the heights yeah. is coming out in 2021 so I say he's swimming in a bathtub of money right now I would now. say so he was also in the second to last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm he's made a few little he's made cameos as well I he think has. in one of the Star Wars yes he's in one of the Star Wars he's in everything now because everyone like wants a slice everyone wants a slice of Lin-Manuel Miranda which is crazy because yeah. he talks about it like I've gone from like passing out brochures for people to come in and see my show to like everyone just letting me show up and things. And he's Cuban, right? He's Cuban, yeah. And he was saying that the reason why he wrote Hamilton is because mm. he wasn't getting roles because he's Cuban. Yeah. And he wanted like the Caucasian kind of role. You mm-hmm. know that way? Yeah. And uh, so write it himself then. 
Why not? Yeah. And now he's eight years, man. It was worth it. Yeah. Like, clearly. It Working must, on that for eight I years. Mean, I'm sure it was tough time, but like, it's it's got to be a crazy feeling right now. And yeah. whenever you see him in an interview, he's like a ball of energy. He's so cool. That's super humble. Super humble guy as well. Hopefully he stays that way. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> but we really like Lin-Manuel Miranda. After he uh, listens to this podcast, he's like, fuck that. Yeah. I'll never say no to this again. <laughs> <laughs> and that should be your takeaway <laughs> yeah. from this review. Uh, a 7.5 out of 7.5 for Hamilton with a bullet. Fully deserves it. Fully deserves it. And now we're going to get into a movie that doesn't deserve its review scores at the moment <clears throat> the old guard so the old guard is sitting at 80 percent on rotten tomatoes hey world go fuck yourself yeah we what's don't, going on we really don't understand why it's uh well i'm sorry i, I like to think i know why but yeah, I, I watched it with an open mind yeah but i watched it and dipped out so many times and i was actually getting angry at myself going no focus focus on you have it. to talk about I, this focus my, i wanted my my mind wanted to scroll so bad yeah i wanted to just scroll i know it's like some beautiful scrolling because it it was giving me nothing. It was giving me so nothing. It's. Uh, do you want? Do you, do you mind switching over to the wiki there because we have it open? Um, it was directed by Gina Price Bythewood, and she's an African American uh, female director. Uh, she is obviously an African American female director, but uh, this is her like she's done a lot of uh, romance movies and things like yeah. that that apparently are very good. I don't know, um, but this is her first foray into action. Into action, uh, starring Charlize Theron and Chiwetel Ejiofor, as we spoke about, and uh, Dudley from uh, Harry Potter series, or the torso guy from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which he's great in. He is great. Uh, he also a face of a villain. He does have a villain face. He really does. Or he's the kind of guy that you go, if he can be an actor, mm. anyone could be an actor. Well, of course, he a side of talent as well. Yeah. But like, I mean, he didn't. He didn't get the. He didn't win the lottery when it comes to genetics. Totally, and I could so see him as well as like starring in Shakespeare and being playing like Hamlet or something oh, and just he, crushing that it. Seedy guy. Yeah, and he's he, Paul Dano in uh, Prisoners. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. And I was gonna about to say like he could easily have been like a Simon from uh, Misfits. You know, definitely, he's that guy. Yeah, he's that creep. Yeah, he. I could. mean, he's. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Well, I'm not sure he could be a creep, but like he's got he's got a face of a creep. He actually just has a natural resting and, creep face, and he does. He leans into it. He, he does. He's like, he literally he's he's walking around dressed like Mark Zuckerberg in this from yes. the Social Network, not Mark Zuckerberg real life. And he's literally his shoulders are always up, and he's kind of heads down and everything, and he's really leaning into the. He looks sticky. He looks sticky. He looks yeah. sticky. I wouldn't leave my girlfriend alone with him. You know I what didn't I mean? think this interview would focus on how this guy looked, <laughs> this interview, this podcast, but uh, I guess yeah. that's where it's going. No, so The Old Guard is about... See, we're trying to find something interesting to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I know. The Old Guard is about immortals. Immortal mercenaries. Uh, mercenaries that yeah. are going around doing some good in the world, And basically, they get discovered, and at the same time, a new member is added. Yeah, they kind of have some sort of magnetism towards each other yeah, you know they, like, connection they can dream, dream of, each other. of each other but it's like I I thought it was as, as bland as they come like I yeah no emotions were like I, I didn't even dislike it 
No. To, to a degree. It no. was just yeah. for the whole thing. Yeah. It was monotone. It was monotone. Even the action. Some ac- of the action. Is good. Almost, like, it almost was going to take off. Yeah. You know that way? Because some of the action was kind of decent. Charlize uh, Theron does some of her own stunts. And when yeah. she does, it doesn't look the best. Sometimes, yeah. It doesn't look like Atomic like, Blonde. Look, we all appreciate the fact that Atomic Blonde, Sam Hargraves, by the way. Uh, we all appreciate the fact that, you know. Uh, he didn't direct it. Did he no, do he did. He was stunt choreographer on that. Because it's uh, one of the John Wick guys that directed it, right? It is. It is one of the John Wick guys and Sam Hargraves. Is it David Leach? I think it might be he's David He's one Leach. of them anyway, but yeah. I don't know if he's the one who did that. Sam Hargraves did the stunt work on it. I like, he, he was the stunt director on that, as far as I'm aware. And, I'm by the way, directed the actual best action movie that's been put on Netflix, yeah. Extraction. Extraction. Yeah. Sorry, Easily. Collider, you're wrong. By the way, you're completely wrong. By a mile. By like a country especially, mile. Especially that you said action movie. You know yeah. way, If you said the best, this is like the best thriller maybe. Yeah. I like I, I still disagree. Yeah. But like we literally just got the best action movie. Yeah. Even if you want to say, hey, it's it's not um it's not that deep. There's not many layers to it. If yeah. you want to say that. Fine. But the action. Like look yeah. at the action. The action is superb. Superb. You like, watch that and you go, I need him to direct another movie. Like it's right of, now. It's some of the best action of like ever seen on screen it's exactly. so good so fluid everything about it and, and so this, interesting so interesting like it's so interesting you're watching it going hey they're doing something different here and you know from a like a, a genre that we've seen yeah. countless times and it's not dull at really no, any stage the kinetic energy off that it's got an interesting setting it makes you want to work out it makes me want to work out it's got an interesting setting it, like we're, we're we're being shown uh, Indian actors who you've never seen before uh, do Hemsworth excellent work crushing it crushing it forearms of a god yeah. forearms of an absolute god Sam Hargrave putting himself in harm's way to get crazy shots you've never seen of and then this is a review of the guard like, I, look this I, is us trying yeah, but then it's like to, to even say that this is Collider yeah. have really annoyed me with this and you pointed <laughs> no. out to me but to even say that just spits in the face of this other movie where it's like do you see the amount of work that went yeah. into that other movie to make those amazing action scenes and you're telling me this bland piece of shit but you know what just as good yes I do know why because it's uh, mega woke it's mega woke I'm doing quotation marks for anyone who's listening to this it's supposed to be mega woke there's two characters two gay guys in it openly gay characters they're openly gay and they're also immortal mercenaries so you're like hey that's a bit different already they're badass cool guys but but what's like their personality traits well they're gay but what about the other layer no no they're gay and they love each other which but is like what else? Like when they go deeper um, with the story. Well, they met in the Crusades and they killed each other a few times, but they're gay lovers together. And when they develop that, um, it doesn't go for. Why would you need it to go for? Oh, yeah, We've told you the whole character thing. The only interesting thing about them. One of them literally is only there to be hurt, so the, the other, other guy dude. can come in and beat up the people who hurt him. And it pisses me off because that other guy's doing work. He is. I don't care that they're gay. I just it annoys me that that's their thing. That's, that's it. Their, it's it's so like I. I just don't know. I don't know. Like, I've. You know who made a really good point of this is Simon Pegg when they did the last Star Trek and he was the co writer on it. Yeah. And they made Sulu. Yeah. They made him gay. Yeah. And everyone was saying, let's make a parade. Let's have him assless chaps. And he was like, (laughs) no, he's just gay. Yeah. But he's still a badass. And that's like, that's actually the least interesting thing about him. I know. Because that's just normal. Yeah. Because it's Star Trek. Well, you know, like, uh, like it's just all, there's no boundaries anymore. So that doesn't matter to people. So why would we have a parade for him? Why would he have the rainbow? Like, why is he having a rainbow bandana on? No, he's. That's just like that's just a normal part of his life, yeah. and there's, you know, we don't need to actually make a parade of him. That would make him the gay guy. Then we don't want him to be the gay guy. He's just a person. 
You know, you know what I mean? And people ripped Simon Pegg apart for saying that. I know. I don't understand that. I actually thought that was the most respectful way of, of coming at it. Actually, I'm looking at my phone now because I want to find... I recently watched a documentary on Netflix and it was about um, trans portrayals in media. I want to find the name of it now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to forget it. Um, I, if I find it later maybe you can edit in what it's called or whatever because sure, sure. I can't remember it and I want to shout it out but they talk about trans portrayals in media and always whenever there's a trans character on screen the point of the character is that they are trans or whatever yeah, like what, what's their personality like well they're trans, they're trans. For it. and that's not the fault of the trans people that's the people in casting mm-hmm. they're always like I've played so many prostitutes and the butt of the joke is some guy comes up to me and I turn around and they have lowered trans people's voices so that you know that it was a trans woman or trans yeah. whatever. So they're like, sometimes I just want, we just want portrayals where we're just on screen. It's never addressed that we're trans and you just go about it. Like you don't even know, like that's, that is the type of roles you want. So I get that, you know, for people who think it's exciting that these two guys are gay and that's their whole thing. But Really, you have to have more character on that. Big time. It's like, I actually think it's disrespectful to I, just have them as the gay guys. I think it is kind of disrespectful. And uh, you said, yeah, there's one guy that just has to be the bitch that gets smacked around. And then you have the, you got the top lover yeah. who's just like coming in and saving him all the time. But, who's trying his best to do some work with nothing. He gives a speech in this movie about how much he loves this guy. That would be great if it, like, he was just getting bullied I, I'm gonna spoil a scene in it, but basically, oh, it's not. It's 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 that yeah. that scene is absolute trash. Yeah. It pissed me off so much. So like it, it's a. Gr- it's not a spoiler. You're not you're not losing anything if you hear yeah. this. It's like a great speech, but like basically he's on. He's been captured with uh, Nick and I can't remember his name. Nick is the name of the guy, and he's kind of knocked out. Uh, and Joe, Parker. it's Joe. Yeah, Nick and Joe. Nick and Joe, and and the guard who like hits Nick, and he's like, "Hey, leave him alone." He's like, "What is he, your boyfriend?" And he goes into this big long speech, and he's like, "He's more than my. He's I've I've, I've spent my whole life." And I'm like, "Like, why do you care about this guy? You're gonna murder this guy yeah, in like you've ten- nothing to prove you've to this guy. Nothing to prove you're to this immortal. Girl. You've been gay for hundreds of years, and it's this one homophobic that dude? you're like, I'm gonna give a big eloquent speech about how much I love him. As in, whereas like, and I- then makes out in front of all the guards, and yeah. then they kind of go. Ugh, and separate them. I'm like, what are we doing yeah. here? What are we actually? This is this is such trash. How is the? I, I and just, you know, there's people watching that going, wow, wow, give groundbreaking. Him, give him an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I was just like, surely your reaction would be like, yeah, he is. He is my boyfriend. Yeah. You have a problem with that? Why are you even responding to him anyway? I know. Fuck that dude. He's just some asshole. We Maybe know- even fuck the dude, us, actually. Us as the audience. That's by- your punishment for being <laughs> homophobic. Us as the audience, by the way, already know that they're gay together. So for them to have this speech, it's not like a coming out thing. Yeah. It's just like... Oh, it's declaration. Oh, my God. To this idiot. So they are gay. No, we as the audience know they're gay. So when he says, he's like, what is he, your boyfriend? Like a smarter move as a director, this is my mind, would just be him to look at him and be like, yeah, he is. And then just go back to help yeah. him. Like, don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. He's immortal as well. Also, straight away, it's established that that dude who's like, who was he, your boyfriend? Like, he's an idiot. Yeah. No matter what you say to him, those words are just bouncing off yeah, his head. I know. They're not going in anyway. So what are we doing? Like, you like, know, you're already... it's the movie trying to pat itself on the back and yeah. be like, woke. It really is. Hashtag woke, bitch. It's such a moment. To, uh, we focus on such strange things. But like, I think this is a genuine problem with the movie because people are heralding it as this great thing. And yes, it is great to see two people who are 
uh, LGBTQ who are and, badasses. And badasses, action yeah. kind of heroes. Action heroes, which definitely you want to see more. But I don't think this movie does it very well. No, where not it's at like, all. It's patting itself on the back for doing it. Whereas in my mind, I'm like, these are two badass warriors. All that's going to happen is this guy is going to go, yeah, he is my boyfriend and I'm going to kill you later. That's yeah, basically exactly. it. And this guy who says it to them is already so low on the bar because his whole thing was like, what are you, his boyfriend? As if like that's some kind of insult or what something. What are you, like a frat boy? Like, uh, shut up. I know. You're getting fucked later. Yeah. You're actually getting fucked. Yeah, that- with my sword. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do like their is cool swords. Is that what he calls penis? Like, what a, what a guy. I would. Sword fight. Sword fight. Um, no, but I, I even like the sword design of that they all have like unique sword oh, yeah. weapons, but Charlie Theron has a big battle axe just because <laughs> she does. Because um, that, that, that's like the go-to weapon. It's it true. looks so awkward. It, it actually looks it, so it awkward. It looks like such an awkward battle axe, <laughs> but it's from the comics. Like, sure. So I guess... And we should say that the it, guy who wrote the comic... Greg Rucka. ...wrote this movie. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe. Oh, we, do you know what? Actually, we, let's actually talk about what's lacking in the movie, except yeah. for the shit we just talked about. By the way, we're two straight white guys so maybe we don't know what we're talking <laughs> hey, about I know. <laughs> but this is this is this is how i felt and from what i've seen i think i'm in line potentially yeah. with what it, people I, say i thought it was hollow the portrayal yeah. was so hollow yeah i feel like the director went we're gonna make you too gay and people are gonna love it and i'm like that's cool you should make them gay but you know make them people as well yeah exactly you know exactly anyway sorry um, I was going to say that this movie really needs someone to slice it up a it bit. It needs a fucking editor who's a bit ruthless. It to... needs a studio. Yeah. That's not Netflix. I know. Netflix can be so... Do you know what? Netflix are cool when it comes to someone like Martin Scorsese, who's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Like, I know he made a three and a half hour long movie, The Irishman. Yeah. But I, I believe that that movie was six hours long. Totally. And because he's a veteran and he's worked with Paramount, he's worked... He's worked with restrictions for his whole career mm. that he knows himself what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And he made this huge epic gangster movie and went, okay, uh, the best I can do is get it three and a half hours long and I personally think there's not a bit of fat on that. You could argue, I've heard people argue, it is too long and you know what, I understand that and everything but I don't. a movie like that I don't think is as valid to criticize as being too long whereas this movie which is two hours and five minutes long and there is so much fat but here's the thing even if you look at The Wolf of Wall Street which yeah. is three hours long there's not a bit of slack you don't feel that like the, I want to see more yeah. you know but I see when I think of Martin Scorsese going to Netflix I think he's already worked with enough studios to know what he's doing and yeah. to know when to be ruthless yeah. where this director I believe when they said hey you've got the reins you do what you want. You got your artistic liberties. Mm-hmm. You do whatever you need to do. She went off and just made it longer and like said, oh, you know, I'll marinate in this scene, mm-hmm. which it's it's crap. Like this, that marination is nothing. Yeah. You know what I It's adding no more flavor to it. It's just, it's noise. It's just white noise. And I don't believe that she, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, I, I we need someone to come in and go, Oh, we can we can get rid of that, and we can get rid of that, and we can get rid of this. Like, there's no way this should be two hours and five minutes long. I said at least twenty minutes. I could see thrown on the table on on the editing floor. You were like, man, make it thirty. Thirty minutes. Get this movie down to ninety minutes, and it's a ten times better movie. And that's the problem with yeah. Netflix when it comes to someone like the Coen Brothers. Yeah. You're like, I can trust that they will make the cuts that they need yeah. to make. They they they've worked with studios enough. I believe, right, that the Coen Brothers and Scorsese have fought with Paramount or have fought with Sony or Warner Brothers and then have sat down and gone, hmm, that was actually the right move. Yeah. I actually, that exec, I know he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he, yeah, that was actually the right move. Yeah. It flows better. Yeah. I feel like in this movie, 
they were like, nah, nah, mate. I know what's good for this, and it's it's just not. There's a solid 40 minutes in this action movie where there's no action, and it just drags and drags and drags. And I think and that... I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled. Yeah, and I think that there's uh might be a writing problem from Greg Rucka as well, because there's some scenes and dialogue that I'm only just thinking about now, that when you're looking at a panel... It's in a little bubble and, you know, you look at it yeah. and a whole page of dialogue and you're like, okay, you read that in about, what, a minute and then you flip the page over. A, about a page long panel of dialogue, that could be like a three to four minute scene in this mm-hmm. and you can't cut them out. Like there is a specific scene. I don't, again, I don't want to spoil this movie all the time, but like there is a scene where... I mean, comedy comes in threes, you know, and there's a certain amount. <laughs> I know of, the scene. I'm I know this is. You're you're really. I angry really about hate this, this one. scene, and it was the first scene I noticed. Took it personally. I, it, I did because it's just bad writing, and I'm not a writer, and I'm not a very good comedian either. I've never got on stage before. I would like to, but I even I know that I'm like you took too many steps to get to this place, and the end result is not bad. It's not. It's the, it's the getting to. You know, it's, it's the, the journey that it. they fuck up. Exactly. Like, it it just it doesn't work. Whereas, like, we have one thing happen, then we have another thing happen, then we have another thing happen. By the time we've got to the last bit, you've already forgotten what the beginning setup was. And it took way too many steps to get there. You had way too many twists in this one scene. And it just devalues everything that's done. Makes things seem hollow. Like, this movie is being praised for being character-driven. A character-driven action movie. But I'm like... They really try to make it character-driven yeah. and interesting, but I think they fall flat in a lot of the scenarios, you know? Well, I watched it with my friend, and all we did was make fun of the dialogue. Yeah. Because it's it's so it's so uh, preoccupied with looking cool. Yeah. Like, Charlize Theron is just trying to be... Well, it's not her fault, really. No, I don't think it's her it, fault. She's constantly just trying to be cool. Nothing is said, but something is said. You know, like... You know when you watch something and go, people don't talk like that. Yeah. Now, I don't need... Okay, it's escapism. Mm-hmm. It's heightened reality. I don't need M's and ums and mm-hmm. uh. Yeah. I don't need that. I, but I do need something that has a bit of substance to it. She... There's a lot of her just going like, hey, come with me. Mm. And someone goes, why? She goes, tell you about it later. Yeah. And then you just go with her. And I'm like, no, wait, wait. No, that, we need more details. There's a lot of that where there's like, you know, we don't, you don't need context. There's a lot because of- context is uncool. So, like, the, you know what? Right at the start, yeah. can, I think we can spoil this. Charlize Theron hasn't seen her, her buddy in a while. Is that is that Hooker? Yeah. Uh, Brooker? Uh, uh, Booker. Booker, yeah. And they meet in an alleyway. Mm-hmm. And she gives him a dawn... What? Oh, she gives him like a volume one of a book, like the Don first... Cornello or Don Caliente or something, something like that. And she and he's like, "Whoa, that was the cost." Don Quixote. Yeah. Don Quixote. And she goes, yeah. "Here's like the first pressing of it," and yeah. he's like, "Whoa, that must have cost a lot." And she's like, "Yeah, it did." And that's it. I'm like, yeah. "You haven't seen each other in a year," mm-hmm. and that's the dialogue. You don't tell the story. I don't understand. What? And not even like a. Wow, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you for thinking of me. You yeah. know, way, try it in a cool way. It's like, yo, bro, well, th- th- thanks a lot for thinking of me. But instead, it's just like, yeah, cool. Let's yeah. walk this way. There's even a cooler thing, though, but they're immortal, where she's like, no, Don was just the guy who wrote it. She names the author or something and goes, he was just, he was just, he just really wanted to bang me or something. Yeah, like, yeah. have some interesting dialogue in there. I don't know. Like, stop trying to be cool. Stop trying to be cool. Inject a little character into it, you know? Um, there's no flavor to yeah, this. Yeah, people keep calling it character-driven in this, and I'm like, I don't really know, like, I mean, Booker, kind of, he's probably got the most character in it, but uh, for, for very specific reasons, obviously, yeah. and I was, you know, 
it's it's just they don't do enough with their um immortality as well no not at all like, like there's nothing interesting about it not there's really there's one scene where a bullet comes out of someone's cheek it's like, being pushed it's like out. the cheek spits it back out and the guy spits out a bullet later as well which I thought was cool but yeah. like they don't go into like like they don't nobody loses a limb none of that shit happens and we've got a back catalogue of X-Men movies with yeah. Wolverine and now recently with Deadpool yeah. where we've got these all, so many interesting takes you I remember know. when Wolverine is sitting down is it Days of Future Past and his abs just start spitting out the bullets. It's And awesome. I'm like, damn, boy. Yeah. And of course, we have, like, Deadpool doing tremendously interesting things. Like, yeah. when his, his lower half gets cut off and he's got his baby legs. He his hand, baby hands. And I understand that they're comedic, like the Deadpool one yeah. especially. You don't need to do that, but there's so many parts, there's so many uh, traces of, uh, what am I looking for, inspiration. Like, there's yeah. so much there to take from and go uh, sources of inspiration mm-hmm. to go okay we should do something interesting with this All, no uh, beige also if you're saying like even the poster you pointed out the poster for this movie is terrible but we couldn't be blander yeah, it couldn't be blander honestly we're just gonna uh, just to relate it to the violence and everything I could see the people saying well this movie isn't there to it's not meant to be this you know fun comedic action thing it's meant to be car- dark kind of somber character driven thing and I'm like okay fine then show us some terrible violence happen to these people mm-hmm. so that when they heal and they're f- like I feel I don't know why I'm still alive and everything we maybe feel what it's like to be injured They there is a good story about a character that they tell a former mortal and how yeah. that character dies and I'm like that sounds horrific and traumatizing and I would hate I can understand why that would make you a certain way. So I don't know why they don't lean into this in this movie, you know? Also, we got centuries and centuries of these guys being mercenaries and, and we get little limited flashbacks and I just keep thinking, oh my God, I want to see more what did you of do? how they became these people. What did you do? Spend a day shooting that flashback scene? I know. It's, you know? And it's, it looks like there's a field with some uh, trees in it. Yeah. Let's just throw some medieval shit on it there this for a second. Is, yeah, we're going to shoot a character yeah. death here from years ago. We and got it's some just, stuff that from Braveheart in a, yeah. in a locker, you yeah. know, in some room back there. We'll just throw that shit up. Charlie's staring on a big black wig and some dreadlocks and give her some crazy jewellery. It's uh, so lame. It's yeah. like, give me... I kept thinking that we were going to get like the... The Wolverine Origins, the best Wolverine movie that was ever made. Ever made, I yeah. think it's pronounced Oranges. Is oranges it? with Deadpool Wolverine in oranges. it as well. Best Deadpool movie ever best made. Best Deadpool, Sabretooth's in it. Sabretooth, Blob, all the great characters. All the best ones. Will I Am. Will I Am, just being Will I Am. Gambit, just the greatest movie it's ever a, made, really. It's a really. fantastic piece Cyclops, of Cyclops, Emma Frost, oh, all the characters I could name. <laughs> it's so good, it's so good. And they do that epic montage of uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth fighting throughout the, all these different wars. Yeah. I was like... I know that's a it's a piece of trash that movie is. But that's the best scene. It's a, it's so good. Yeah. It's a great scene. It's actually out of place. It was wasted. Yeah. On that movie, but like we get nothing interesting like that. Nothing. I don't understand none of these good reviews. I actually. I really don't. I'm getting I, hot and bothered about it. No, and the only reason we're ripping on this so hard is because no one else seems to be. You know. And because it, there's a serious drought of content right now. Yeah. So when you see, hey, Charlize Theron is in a comic book movie yeah. and it's going to be on Netflix so we, we just got it one day. And it's I'm about like, immortal badasses. Like, that's awesome. such a cool premise. Give me something good. Yeah. I want it. And like, we were reading through some of the reviews and we were looking at the scores associated with them and what they were saying and we're like, we don't, I don't see how this movie is at 80%. And also Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. guys, you ain't, you, you should be accountable for some of these reviews where it's two out of four. Yeah. So like they're fully on the, on the fence and then their log line, yeah. their main statement is negative. Negative. True yeah. and true. I'm but, like, 
How, how, how is, is that, that a positive how review? How is that a certified... How is that a fresh review? Why is that not in the green? What is it, rotten? It's rotten or fresh, right? It's rotten or fresh, yeah. yeah. So you got the red tomato or you have the rotten tomato with squash green tomato. Yeah, it's less than 50% is a negative review. Yeah, it, where I think... Oh, no, I think it's less than 60%. 60 is rotten. So when I see two out of four, yeah. I go 50%. 50%. So it's rotten. Yeah. But they give it... And there's many of them that are right there on the fence, right on the cusp of being good or bad. If I give something two and a half mm-hmm. out of five, to me, it's bad. Yeah, me too. If it's three or above, it's positive. If I see a movie... I used to read Empire... Three is not even that no. positive. It's like, it's consumable. Yeah. It's not change your life good. No. And then I would read the the small little blurb and it said, I, this movie wasn't for me. And I go, okay, maybe it's an opinion. You know what yeah. I mean? And all reviews are technically opinions. But of course. when I'm reading... But I mine's to, right. You know, my, ours is correct, <laughs> as proven, because David Diggs is terrible actor and he's not good. <laughs> Anything. No, shut up, no, shut but up. look, we can be proven wrong in its opinion and everything. But yeah. when we were reading through the reviews, and we actually had to deep dive in because we were like, "How is this movie on eighty percent?" Couldn't on understand it. We couldn't understand it because I was giving in my mind 60 percent, sixty being nice, fifty being probably what I really thought of the yeah, movie. Same and uh, like seven. Uh, what, what's our rating system? Seven point five. Seven point five. So everything's out of seven point five. So maybe a, a two point five or a three. I was gonna give point, it yeah two point seven out of seven point yeah. five. Uh, maybe a three and one eighth. No, three and three and three eighths potentially. I can see, that. I can see but, that. But probably, probably closer to a two, two or a three. You know. Yeah. Uh, and that is on our personal rating system and that's it's a very uh, strict like we can a, mathematically prove to you that that is the greatest rating system to rate movies easily, but, easily. I mean it'd take too long to do yeah, it I, and I don't think people would understand because they're just not there they're not the all there up yeah. there but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah it's just I just we were we just couldn't understand we were looking at the reviews we were reading the reviews also shame on the reviews for getting me excited for the movie I know yeah. and then I watch it and go uh you weren't watching the same movie. Am I? I'm. I'm the odd one out here. And yeah. then I talk to other people, and they're like, "Dah, that, that, that's awful. That I movie's heard, awful." I haven't heard anyone who has seen this movie say good things about it. And again, if the reviews weren't, didn't seem to be, it's weird. If I wasn't noticing a very particular thing happening with this movie, where the reviews aren't great and the score is still very high. And the people who are scoring it highly are pointing to the same thing as the reason mm-hmm. they're giving it high. I tend to doubt the quality of these reviews. And, like, I would probably be sitting here trying to say nice things about it yeah. if the movie was sitting at a 50 or 60%. I know, where, that's the thing. Whereas now that it's sitting at an 80%, I feel like I need to be the dissenting voice yeah, and tell you all the bad things Voice in it. the things that people aren't saying. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a strange one. I really don't understand it. Like, I, no. I can't... and. Well, we can't understand it. And then we look through the reviews and kind of go, well, that's probably a negative. That's probably a negative. Yeah. Probably a negative. So maybe, yeah, maybe truthfully, if you actually went through the reviews and if uh, Rotten Tomatoes actually were accountable for what, yeah. for the scores that they translate from uh, to two out of four, yeah. you know, maybe it is a 60 percenter. Maybe, maybe it's a 50 percenter. Uh, I mean, I've, it it's, all, it, in fairness, it only just came out. It, I know, yeah. So, but may- it's got a lot of reviews, which just shows the drought and how this is the type of movie that in in the normal, yeah. own pandemic environment World. right now, overlooked. It, it would be overlooked and it would have just a small, at this stage, it mm-hmm. would, like we're reviewing this one day after it came out, yeah. it would have barely any reviews. Yeah. Like it would have maybe 50 reviews, where doesn't it on Rotten Tomatoes have over 100? Like I was shocked at how many reviews it has. And it's clearly just because we ain't got any other stuff to watch right yeah, now. Yeah, there's nothing to watch. Um, 
by the way, can't wait to watch Palm Springs. Can't wait. Looks that movie amazing. looks awesome. Look, 139 professional reviews. And even the audience score, 77%, 449. Like, I mean, audience scores are normally a bit... Are we, are we the odd ones out? Are we the odd ones out? I, I don't know. I, and also, the Collider article about this really rubbed me the wrong way. It did, because it, it said it was the best action movie Netflix has ever made. I would actually argue that Triple Frontier is better, and I don't even like that movie that much. Really? Yeah. I've never watched... Tri- oh, actually, sorry, I have watched Triple... I was thinking of Six Underground. Think of Ben Affleck... But not Anna de Armas and with a lot of pounds on him. Okay. All right. So we're talking like post, <laughs> post-alcoholism, post but pre-Anna de Armas. Yes. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, yeah. I remember that movie. Um, and that movie's about as bland as you get. And I would argue that this movie is in the same bracket as that movie. Well, what I would say is this movie has a lot of cool shit that's just not used. Not you know? done like, very well. So that's why it's even frustrating. Like, I get mad when I see something and go, this should be good. Yeah. You know when you watch a movie and go, I don't even see how this... This is so bad. Like, yeah. I don't I don't even see the, the good directions that could go mm. in. Where this movie, I'm like... Even the fact that they have Charlize Theron, and I don't even like her in it. She's a wonderful action star, and she's not great in this. No. For some reason. I just movie tastes like water. Yeah, movie tastes like water. Movie tastes like it's, water. It's vanilla as it comes. And also, there are some decisions made in this movie that clearly you see the studio's hand in, and that always takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can see those in Marvel movies and things like that, and people will know what I'm getting at when I say Marvel movies. But you see that in Marvel movies, and you're excited because you enjoyed the experience. Whereas in this one, I saw the studio's hand and <laughs> what they were trying to do, and I was like, I don't want another one. And sadly, their hand wasn't cutting it down. Yeah, to exactly. consumable size, and also. The score is awful. Is beige. The soundtrack the score is awful is as so, well. So so lame. They're they're playing the weirdest songs for this. Oh movie. well, that's the soundtrack. Yeah. The score is just, like I'm talking about like the composer. Sorry, yeah. Is asleep, yeah. but the soundtrack. But I'm thankful of the soundtrack because at least the soundtrack informed me of what I should be feeling. Totally. I'm like, oh, sad vocalist. Yeah. Oh, I should be sad now. Okay, okay, I'll ro- I'll run with that. And then like, oh, powerful vocalist. Oh, so this is going to be triumphant right yeah. now. Okay, I'm on their side now. You know. It's very informative because the what's on the screen isn't. Well, yeah, they do. They put a song right at the end. It's like a song by Marshmallow and Khalid. I can't remember the name of it right now, but uh, it's you were like, saying it's a good song. It's a good song. Just it's take a, it away from that it's movie. A, it's a famous song, like not famous, but like it was released a few years ago, and I'd heard it a few times. But like when they're playing in this movie, I feel like the guy who was putting the soundtrack together was like, "This song say things that happen in this movie. In movie yeah. We put in movie, make that music play at the end <laughs> yeah, so exactly. people know." And it's like, oh my god, it's just. Like when you watch a movie like Drive, and the soundtrack. <laughs> oh, we talking about Drive again? Yeah, we're going to talk about Drive again. And the soundtrack is so unique and distinct and fits so well. It doesn't take you yeah. out of it. In this movie, they're like ham-fisted, forcing these weird cool synth, song, cool song Hit in every for scene. For a cool movie, like about what, cool people. Why is there a vocal? performance played alongside an action scene i know why are we not hearing the sounds of the action why are we listening to a song because to me no one cares who made this movie but will we move along let's move on we're getting pretty down in the dumps here yes let's move on to something exciting like (laughs) enyo morricone being i know i just seen that on my list i was like yeah let's move on to something (laughs) like ah shit i moved my phone i moved my phone (laughs) and the next bullet point is enyo morricone died that's literally what what i wrote there you're welcome people yeah what a setup right there my dad saw him in concert he said it was great my friend seen him in concert jealous said he was amazing now the tickets were so expensive that's why my dad didn't bring me (laughs) yeah i was like i want to go see that yeah i was like hey Hey, girl, you want to go see that too? Because I call my girlfriend girl because I'm yeah, a badass. Of course you do. And she was like, hell yeah, let's go see it. We looked at the ticket pr- 
uh, prices were like, yeah, yeah, nah, nah, it's grand. It's yeah, grand. I get that. Um, yeah, I sadly I didn't see him too. And she actually texted me then saying we should have we should have went to see him. Aww. But of course, that's what you're always gonna say. Yeah, you know of what course. I mean? Uh, yeah, like make make me cry about it. But Ennio Marconi is my favorite uh, film composer of all time. I just think he's got such a unique voice, and I just love everything he's done. Actually, he's done too much though that I I barely know. I barely know what he's done. We have his Wikipedia open, so we might yeah. as well have a look at that while we're talking about him. But I mean, never has someone so effortlessly captured an entire genre than when he was scoring westerns. He didn't even just like he didn't capture it. He reinvented it. Yeah. He like did. he just reinvented it. He's like, oh, that's you know, if you listen to Star Wars, just mm-hmm. to make something like so uh, that people can relate to, like Star Wars is such a Western type of, mm. of music, you know, where it's like all the fast strings and shit like yeah. that. I'm talking like John Williams score. Yeah, that's like a Western, but he's like, it's space, though. yeah, space, space Western. Western. He just reinvented it, and what's crazy if you actually, this is what's crazy about Ennio Marconi's approach to uh, the Western genre. Yeah, there's electric guitar in it. Yeah. There's electric guitar in it. And it's now when you watch a Western, there's so much jangly Western uh, electric guitar just picking away. And you're like, how does that work? Because usually when... Like, if you watch an old an old time kind of movie, most likely you're not going to hear a synthesizer. No. Because it doesn't work because synthesizer is something modern. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's in there, but you don't hear it. Like, it's music production. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, where with this, well, with, with the Western genre... All I hear is like this cool um, electric guitar picking. I'm like, that's so such a unique move to make. Mm-hmm. It's such a bold move to make, and yet it like redefined the whole genre. Yeah, I mean, this Elect- like even the word electric guitar, and then like someone's walking, you know, coming in on their horse. You're like, that shouldn't work. But it does. Why does that work so well, and why is it now the norm? It's it, it really is. He he was an amazing composer, and. Uh, I mean, just listening to any of the, I mean, any of the stuff he composed is great, but specifically the stuff he did for the, uh, the trilogy of Clint Eastwood movies. I can't remember. they like the Fistful of Dollar Fistful trilogy, of dollar. I believe. But, uh, like a- any of those three movies, like the scores are all so unique, so memorable. And like you leave the movie and you're thinking about it and, there are certain scenes in that movie. You know, they say music heightens every scene and everything like that. And your Marconi was lifting these scenes like off the screen, making oh, them so exactly. much more tense. You have that standoff in the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, every, everything in those. It's just awesome. And to think that he only got his Oscar towards the end of his career. Yeah. For the Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Isn't that crazy? I know. And Tarantino had to talk him into making that. Yeah. His wife read the script and was like, hey, this is pretty good. And then he was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll do it then. And he just wins an Oscar for it. And Ennio Mark, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino has been purchasing his music for his films. Yeah. There's loads of Ennio Marconi music that was scored for a different movie that Tarantino loves so much. He's yeah. like, I want to use that for my movie. And that's why he was like, if I ever make a Western, I want to use my favorite composer because I've already been using him in other movies. In fact, some of the criticism for The Hateful Eight is always that Quentin Tarantino opens a movie with a pop song and it's like, you fucking Ennio Marcone scoring this, why are you opening this movie with a pop song? Yeah, you know? I like seeing the, I think it was the 35mm version of yeah. it where it was like in film, actual mm-hmm. film, you can see the flicker through the, through the stills, like it was amazing and they have like a big opener, like they have like a massive... Uh, a huge score to start so it's just like seven minutes of just a title and just a score 
and then the film starts and That's it's so cool it was amazing we had an intermission and all it was pretty cool let's say that was cool that i would love is it 55 millimeter 35 it's 35 i thought it was 35 is it like 35 is 55 and just 70 75 70 millimeter yeah i think so yeah either way um yeah and ennio marconi won the oscar right yeah. at the end of his career it's crazy well deserved um yeah but it was sad sad to see that he died it was sad news and then today jack charlton died who is you yeah we're not football fans here no. normally but even uh, as i said to my friends even i know who jack charlton is as well so uh there was two big losses yeah yeah 91 though 91 yeah and your mark on he was 91 yeah um so i'm sure he lived a full life yeah and he was gigging yeah <laughs> he I was know. gigging i say up to his late 80s yeah didn't he do like 15 retirement tours he was, was like i'm retiring this time yeah and then, and then like another kid needs a new house and he's like ah uh, fuck it i'll we'll do, do another, another one we'll do another sold out tour but i heard he was amazing live yeah, well, I'm, I. It's just a conductor, like that says a lot, you know. It right? does. I saw Hans Zimmer live, and I thought it was amazing. So did Me you? Too. We he were both. He plays a lot. That's he the does. Difference, yeah. You know? Ennio Marconi, though, he would have been bucket list wanted to see, and unfortunately, uh, we're not going to get to happen. But anyway, thank you, Ennio Marconi, for being just the scoring powerhouse that you were. And we're sorry, the Washington Post doesn't know how to write an article about you without being disrespectful. Yeah. Um, do you want to give us some context on that? Uh, just I was scrolling through Facebook uh, the cesspool that it is and uh, a article popped up by the Washington Post talking about how Ennio Marconi died and everything and it was his obituary basically in there when they were kind of talking about his career and in the title it said the composer of the and but other, it just like read like I was there and I'm like this is this guy died like that is so disrespectful and just like such a dumb stupid american thing to do and also the ecstasy of gold yeah is one of his most famous tracks yeah that just looks great in the title i know the ecstasy, ecstasy of, gold. of gold like what it's there for you yeah you know you're yeah. welcome and i know we and have, they go i i is I, what it's, i know it reads and i know we have a big american following and like i'm sure other i'm sure fucking the daily herald and in, in, in the uk was isn't the some, mirror or some or the shit mirror like that. Or some, isn't some great journalistic thing but i was like are they saying this so that because americans don't know the name for that or like what is it i, I was just i it really rubbed me the wrong way and it's a, it's america like those westerns are humongous i know you know and then to call it yeah it's treating your audience like an idiot yeah to be like, exactly I, uh, oh, it's I, condescending it really rubbed me the wrong disrespectful. way condescending disrespectful of a man who's not only a legend but someone who died i know he's dead like you know and uh yeah, I just didn't like that. No, at all. me either. When you said it to me, I got angry. Yeah. In work. Made me angry. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about something else that made us angry. Yes. Jesus, it's an angry podcast. Yeah, I know. Maybe we shouldn't have started with Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> we should have put it in the middle. I somewhere. don't know. I think we would have been too depressed at the end to talk <laughs> about Hamilton. Gotta say you know what it is. I. Um, the Batman movie. The is... one that Matt Reeves is currently making yeah. with Robert Paddy Pats. Yeah, Robert Bat. Robert Bat Bat Batson, yeah, Bobby Pats. Mr. Sunday Movie says, but uh, Bobby Pats, yeah, Bobby Pats, Bobby Pats, and an uh, all-star cast. A movie that we have been supporting yeah. for so long, and it's kind of been, it's been making it hard at times. Yeah. Where Bobby Pats is like, yeah, I'm, I'm eating birthday cake and I'm not working out, and we're like, Bobby, and yeah. he's like, ah, oh, psych. 
Yeah. Psych, what? It turns out people like this character of Batman and yeah. get upset when I say things like that. I know, and people are going to make campaigns about working out better than Batman week four, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. Dabs are starting to come in, they, starting to arrive. They actually are, but you will not see them until I have lost a significant amount of belly fat. But anyway, uh, yeah, the, there's going to be a TV series on HBO Max. Not just HBO, HBO, HBO Max, Max, which is owned by Warner Brothers that Matt Reeves that? has worked on. Uh, what is HBO Max? HBO Max is basically Warner Brothers trying to sound classy. Yeah. You know? HBO Max could be HBO. Yeah. Because HBO Max, well, HBO shows are on HBO Max. But also there's Warner Television that makes yeah. like CW shite. Yeah. You know? It's, so it's which like, one is which? We don't know anymore. Yeah. It's like when you buy a 10 euro bottle of wine and it has a French name and it just because it wants to seem classy. Yeah. You know? Like, okay. That's what HBO Max is. It's Warner Brothers trying to look better than it actually yeah. is. But anyway, it's going to focus on the GCPD in the Gotham universe and Matt Reeves was coming Sounds out being really familiar. excited about it and it does sound very similar because there was a show that did that what? that actually just ended it was called Gotham just ended just ended just ended last year had it's, its last season last season last year yeah and Matt Reeves is going to do another one now I don't understand that how Matt Reeves signed off on this I don't know how he signed off on it either especially since the movie hasn't been out yet you know I know and he's supposed to be involved in this yeah and they're using the word HBO or the letters HBO and I'm like I don't believe that it's HBO. No, I, don't, I don't know. Neither. I think the lines have blurred now with HBO Max. I, yeah. just, I don't know what's Warner Warner Television and what's HBO. And HBO was such a powerhouse. It was such a stamp of approval. It's like, it's a HBO show. You yeah, know? They made Sopranos. They made Sopranos. They made See, The Wire. The Wire. You know, the, you know Game of Thrones. Game all of that Thrones, shit. Uh, up until the last, for, uh, season. last yeah, season. Yeah. But which is where, by the way, they've been on a downward spiral since the last I season so. of Game of Thrones, in my opinion. But, uh, but they're also developing The Last of Us. Yeah, The Last of Us TV show. Which I got hyped about. And then I realized it's HBO Max, though. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that? You know, like, yeah. who, who's who's working on it? The HBO the f- team or, or the Warner Television and team? And I get the feeling they're going to be like, oh no, it's split down the middle. And it's like, well, it really should just be HBO working on it. I actually don't it. think so. I think they're just going to use the, the letters HBO all the time. No. And then when you, you see the ending of it, it has the Warner Television, you know, that way I'm like... No, but that's what I mean where I'm like, they're, if you ask Warner Brothers who's working on it, they're yeah. going to be like, oh, it's half our team, half their team. When really what you want is the entire HBO yeah. team working on it and none of the Warner people. And really when you look at it again, it's actually entirely Warner Brothers as you were pointing out there. Our biggest grievance, I think, if I may speak for you yes. for a moment, is they're devaluing the Batman. Yes. Like it hasn't come out as you said. Mm-hmm. Why are we even talking about a TV show to set in this same timeline when Batman is clearly not going to be in it. If you think Bobby Pats is not even, he's not even working out for Batman, he's definitely not going and doing a television Hell show for no. you guys. Hell no. Prepare gonna, to see a stuntman in a very similar looking suit. There's going to be so many stuntmen. Yeah. And you're going to know stuntmen as well because they probably look bigger and buffer than Bobby Pats. Yeah, and they're going to be fucking 50 feet away from the camera every single time. Oh, what was it? Yeah, Hello, exactly. Yeah. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. But yeah, it has to be like that so you can't recognise that it's not yeah. Robert Pattinson. He's just going to be disappearing into the shadows constantly. It's going to be so lame. Like, like the show even could be good and I'm still going to be frustrated. Me you know too. Like, if people were comparing it to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I'm like, that's not a good comparison. No, one. If, if you're doing that, I'm getting even angrier. Yeah, and also Gotham did just end but Gotham gets away i have a, a a lot of respect for gotham because they really turned into the whole weirdness of it and did whatever yeah. the fuck they wanted you know, this is bat shit crazy yeah. pun intended yeah and we're just gonna embrace that yeah. we're gonna embrace that 
everything is up to 11. Like, characters are going to shift on a dime. Yeah. Whatever suits their story, whatever suits the script at the time. Okay, now that's his intentions and that's her yeah, intentions. We're going to do the craziest thing possible with these characters you've heard of. And uh, you know what? They get, a, they get respect for me for that because they always did something new. Yeah, it was just crazy. It was a whirlwind of emotions watching yeah. it. You're like, what is and happening? This is... It's dog shit, but also so consumable, so sugary. And it was a world without Batman, or young Batman, basically. But so. at least Batman's in it, so we address the, yeah. the elephant in the cow. In the cow, yeah. Whereas now, when you, it's like, we're going to do a GCPD movie that's set in the world of the Batman, I'm like, but there is a more interesting person that I would like to follow in that universe and his name is Batman. And he's currently making a trilogy. Yeah. like So, do you know what they could do is let the trilogy marinate, like let, let's make the trilogy and then we go yeah, and dilute the exactly. franchise. Then we devalue the product. At the end of it, when Batman's put away all these criminals and maybe he disappears or retires, how does the GCPD deal with these criminals when they come out when Batman's yeah. not around or whatever the fuck you do? But now like, I what, are we going to I was thinking of an interesting thing that could set up a villainous arc where it's, it's basically have a detective follow a serial killer and then, you know, you follow it through the whole episode and everything and then he gets to the hideout, busts in the door and then the serial killer strung up, the victim's been saved and it was Batman who did it. And, but that would... How's that satisfying? But it's just an anti-climax. Yeah. You know? And that's what I want because yeah. I, if the Batman delivers and yeah. it's a great movie, yeah. then all I'm going to be thinking when watching the Batman TV series, yeah. Gotham, whatever, I know. is I'm going to be watching it going, where's Batman? Where's Batman? Why did Batman not sort this problem exactly. out? Exactly. So you can't have a big enough criminal. Exactly. You can't, can't have a big enough problem. You can't have big enough problem. You can't have big... It limits the scope of the show having Batman so there. so street level. They have like, to be so, so street level. I don't yeah. even want like... You know, if if the criminal has too flamboyant of a personality, Batman's getting involved. You know the way yeah. that's in my head what I've been thinking. The second, Does he have a catchphrase? Yeah. Batman should be getting involved then. You can't even have them go up against Zask because Zask is a serial killer and it's like, oh, the second there's a serial killer in Gotham, you know who's going to stop him? Fucking Batman. Like that, it's just, you, I just keep coming back to this where I'm like, if Batman exists in the universe, the GCPD can't work unless they're doing something I just don't know what they're going to do. And I don't... Internal affairs. Maybe they, like, they dig deep into that. I don't. Yeah. yeah. They deep dig deep. Because that's interesting. Oh, I I don't know. Maybe... And Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey should... Wright is going to be Commissioner Gordon. And, and I... in this press release, said nothing about Jeffrey Wright. So yeah. is Commissioner Gordon on hiatus or on vacation every time there's a season when yeah. it comes back because... The we're making a movie right now. Also, are we going to have to sit through scenes with the characters they introduce in the TV show when the next movie comes out? We're going to have to watch an arc for whatever character they choose in the next movie because just because they're in the TV show. And is Jeffrey Wright going to be the, the yeah. elephant in the room as well where like yeah. you don't see him. You see the back of him all the yeah. time. You know, he just does a little bit of ADR mm. and like, oh yeah, you don't, you don't even talk to Commissioner Gordon. If they like, had, what? If, if they had come out from this and been like, it's going to be about the Batman universe and Jeffrey Wright is going to be Commissioner Gordon and it's about him rooting out corruption in the GCPD and yeah. it's like okay you have named Jeffrey Wright in there so he's definitely in the show and sounds like the lead which is good yeah that that bait kind of worked for yeah, me I'm and, taking a bite now and we're just going to focus on internal affairs like you said in the GCPD that is about as much of a scope as you can get because even then if there's bad cops in the GCPD Batman's just going to be dropping off evidence on them you know what I mean and you know what while they're like hey that guy that that uh, 
crooked cop is slinging yeah. dope. I'm like, I wonder what Batman's up to right now. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. My what is he doing? I said, he's not working out. I know that. Yeah. What is he? <laughs> but I'm like, what was what's Bobby Pat's up to right I now? I know. Is he not gonna come in? Like, surely he's fixing his sweet Mustang-looking Batmobile. Oh, man, I I don't understand why no. they're making this move. Neither I, do I. It's making me so hot and bothered right now. Yeah. Like. What what are we doing? Why are we devaluing a movie that hasn't come out yet? And look, there are some interesting characters in the GCPD that you can use, but again, they're supporting hey, characters. Throw them in the movie then. Leia, exactly. <laughs> but like Harvey Bullock, very interesting character yeah. from the comics. And I would like to see him in a movie. Yeah, me too. I'd like to see him in a movie. Him and uh, and uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright he's clashing. clashing. I, you know, Harvey Bullock is he's always kind of opposed to Batman. He think and but he is. He's an alcoholic detective who's actually a very capable detective. It's just when he, wants to be. when he wants to be, he's just an alcoholic and uh, he doesn't like Batman. And they do a good job in the comics of being like Harvey Bullock is limited by the fact that he's not a crooked cop. He's actually yeah. a really good cop. He's just depends what iteration he, yeah, is as well. I yeah, guess. exactly. It depends who's doing it. But, uh, you know, he could be in it. Renee Montoya probably i would say a series lead i'm almost lock for series lead she's uh she's a, a very old character in the comics been around for yeah. years and years and years but as interesting as her character could be yeah if you if we're not going to be like what's batman up to we're going to be like what's commissioner gordon what's up commissioner to? gordon like we're up in to? the precinct i know limited you know? scope like and it's so weird it's and, such a strange approach and renee montoya does become a superhero at some stage the question but if, and then she becomes a superhero. Yeah, but it's like... What, who's she going to be tangling with? Who's she going to be tangling with? Exactly. Like, oh, it just... Or who's she even going to be taking down? Yeah. Is she going to be a superhero, mm -hmm. but then taking down, like, the guy that's slinging dope on the corner? I know. It's, it just doesn't seem cinematic or, or heroic to the degree of, no. like, Batman taking down Two-Face. No. And not to say the question is up there, but, you know, there are bigger stories you can do with him. You just can't really set it in Gotham City because Batman's there. Guys, please just let us enjoy this movie. Just let us enjoy the movie. Why can't we just enjoy this movie? We've been supporting it for so long yeah. and then you keep shitting on us. Like, yeah. what are you doing? There just are, let us enjoy yeah. this movie. It's it's so frustrating. Yeah. I I kind of... It's such a weird move to make. It is. Even marketing-wise, like, I have no business head, but at the same time, I'm like... Like, I just think of devaluing. Like, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Why, why would you do this? When we haven't even seen a Let it be a hit first. I know. Even. We haven't even seen a proper trailer for the Batman, and they're announcing this show. But we don't have enough footage yet. I know. Because I have to shoot down for the virus that shall not be named. But there are other characters who could be Christmas Allen, uh, Maggie Sawyer. She's a cop from uh, Metropolis, so you could talk about that and everything. And then there's Jim Corrigan, who is a detective. Uh, he becomes the Spectre again. And the Spectre is like this massive, powerful entity in the DC universe. So you can't touch it. Really. So you can't really touch it. So uh, maybe they'll introduce new characters ever because that's always great. No, just yeah, just exactly. Uh, uh, either way, yeah, I want it to be good. Obviously, obviously, we both want it to be good. I, I don't think it's the best move to make. I think we've kind of been on a negative tear this podcast. Yeah, I know. Um, so all the negativity is coming out. We both want this show to be good. I just don't see how you're going to run it. But yeah. I would very much like to be proven wrong. Oh, of course. That's it. Let yeah. me eat all those yeah. words. I will happily eat like them. Like I did with Robert Pattinson. Ian was always there from the start. But like I had to eat my words with Robert Pattinson after watching Good Time and all these other great performances. Yeah. I would very happily eat my words on this show, but let's hope it's HBO. Let's hope. And let's it's hope H if they do do it, yeah. Jeffrey Wright is involved. Yeah, um, and also we should say because we're on a bit of a Batman trend, Batwoman got recast. 
Yeah. Uh, and a very interesting, bold move, I would it say. It was. Now, well, I'm going to get the actress's name, but it was an African-American actress who was bisexual in real life. And yeah. she's going to be playing an out lesbian character, new character introduced to the show. She's not going to be uh, Kathy Kane anymore. It's going to be, sorry, now I'm going to get the actress's I'm name. I'm so intrigued to see what they do with the suit. Me too. I'm Me really, too. Because wanna... they have to change it, I'd say. Yeah. There has to be some redesign now. Um, Batwoman recast. I should have looked up that. I just looked up Batwoman and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, by the way, whenever you look up Brandon Ralph Superman now, it goes to the one he wore in uh, the Kingdom, the Kingdom Come one, and I'm like, of course, awesome. Uh, Javica Leslie is she's going to be taking over, so that's going to be interesting. I'll definitely yeah. watch the trailer for that, and then I decide not yeah. to do yeah, what to watch the rest I'm of it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm just um, not. But yeah, it's cool casting, and uh, I hope it works out. Me too. And I just wanted to say mm-hmm. that Charlotte Buff. Is a crazy person and got a massive tattoo on his chest for the tax collector. That says creeper? Isn't that what it says? Is that what it actually says? I think it says like creepy or something. I just seen the image because we had been talking about Shia LaBeouf last week. Last week. We we reviewed, what was the name of the movie? Honey Uh, Boy. Honey Boy. I actually watched uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, I need to watch that. Oh, we should review it then. Okay. As well because we've been on a bit of an appreciation tour when it comes to Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And I think you'll love that movie. Okay, we'll watch that next week then and review it. And, oh, yeah, I, you'll love it. You okay. actually will love it. I'm but, excited. Uh, Charlotte Buff got the fucking tattoo and now he's he's under fire for brown facing? Brown face. Apparently, people are, like, coming out after the trailer saying he's doing brown he's face. He's like a Latin American gangster yeah, in the and tax collector. Now, I thought he was just supposed to be a white dude who kind of has just... Cholo vibes. <laughs> he's got cholo vibes. Yeah, yeah. You know, he grew up in that environment, but clearly I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, but here's the thing. For me, once I see he got that tattoo, I was like, "Fuck, he can do whatever he wants." Like that, like that. Was, like I mean, have you, look at the size of that bleeding tattoo. It's not just also, Shia LaBeouf, chill the fuck out. Don't get that tattoo. It's a <laughs> chest and man. back tattoo, and it's huge. It's huge. It's all encompassing, and he got it specifically for this role. So talk to Ben Affleck before you got that tattoo. That's what you should have done. Yeah, you say, "Hey Ben, what you take?" No, yeah, don't do it. Let him tell you how expensive it is to have a fucking phoenix removed off your back with laser surgery, and how or, painful it is. Or how expensive it is for the makeup department and all the time like anytime he's topless he probably won't be for anytime soon you know he's getting those uh, those gains I tell you what he's looking good I've been I look at every single paparazzi photo I know, of the two of them together I know those shoulders are getting broader yeah, and broader I could lie on them yeah. also a guy who gets his tattoos makeup over mm-hmm. is um, Colin Farrell he yeah. said it's awful yeah. so he always has to do it all over his arms he's got like sleeves oh, and shit like that that's gotta be terrible but uh, yeah, Charlotte Buffy, he's under fire. He is, he's under fire for that. Um, we're not the people to comment on it, but I don't really agree. Yes, I already did. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he, did, he did the tattoo, I'm kind of like, let, let him go. Let him he's go. He's a Rottweiler, just let him off the leash, fuck it. Let's wait for the performance to see if it's racist, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know. And then we'll watch it and go, oh, we're eating those words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So that was the episode, episode 50. We're sorry it wasn't more of a joyous occasion. Yeah, I know. But, uh, episode, we started hot. We, we started, started pretty, hot. We were, we started we're pretty, pretty good. Everyone should watch Hamilton. And then... It's a beautiful piece of work. The Old Guard. Watch Extraction instead. Oh, watch The Old Guard and then tell us we're right. Please. Tell us we're right, please. We Like, I would like... I would... Next week... I want to be reinforced. Yeah, next week I want to show up and be like... Now it is down to 60% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and I feel validated. Go on, troops. Yeah, come on. No, don't review no. Bomb it, actually. No, I actually don't fucking hate that. Ra- yeah, me too. It's a terrible practice. But uh, Hunk and Skunk. Hunk and Skunk. Ooh. 
Oh, okay. I think it should be uh, Christopher Jackson should be hunk. Yeah, he is. The He's hunk of the week. George Washington. Tied. Uh, it was either him or David Diggs because we owe him. Oh, we do owe him yeah. as well. Both, both of them. Both of them. Christopher like, Jackson. That, that's a that's Div- a spicy stew, right? Yeah, there. you guys are we're killing it in Hamilton. We loved you. Yeah, and David Diggs. I did somewhat eat my words, but I still think that it's kind of wrong that you're in some person. But at the same time, I think you're awesome. It's no person's fault. Yeah. Not you. It's TNTs. You, They're the ones who yeah, produced it. You do you, David Diggs. Yeah. You're awesome. You're Christopher Jackson, you stole my heart. You stole... Those eyebrows and that beautiful voice of yours. Yeah. So smooth. So smooth. Um, And then Skunk. Mm. I just kind of wanted to give it to the movie, but I don't want to yeah. give it to the movie. Is uh, there anyone specifically really bad in the movie? Not really. They're all kind I of... I kind of want to give it to Collider. Yeah? Let's give it to Collider. You think? Yeah, for making just... Just a... a Clearly not watching Extraction. Oh, for father time for killing Ennio Marconi. <laughs> Can we give it yeah. to Father Time? Father Time, you bastard. You got us again. Skunk of the Week goes to Father Time. <laughs> Easily, with a bullet. Father Time. That's been clipped right that, there. That was the greatest, greatest, greatest <laughs> off-the-wall selection of hunk, of all time. Hunk and Skunk. Love it. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that we don't discuss it in the front anymore. I love to coming up with it right at the end. I know. We it's, always forget. It's my new favourite thing. Is um, it? And uh, worst celebrity tattoo goes to Ben Affleck still. It does. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, you keep being you. You keep being you. Uh, that's a callback to episode one of Straight to Series. Since yeah, we are now bro, it's been a while. 50 episodes yeah, nice. in. Feels I like good. it. It's all circle. Yeah, it's, it's full all circle. circle. Back. And uh, Fat Diesel. Yeah. yeah. Fat Diesel, you've been with us the whole way. Whole way. You keep doing you as you well. Keep you... you stick to that diet. You stay smoking up on that balcony. Carb loading every day. Hell yeah. It and does all... the job. And we should say thank you for everyone who's been listening Please. for all 50 yeah. episodes. If you got through it, fair play to you. Fair play to you. Those first few are rough. <laughs> and hey, anyone who's... <laughs> I take that, yeah. First yeah. 10, maybe. <laughs> also, by the way, hey, like and subscribe. Like, if you, subscribe. If you like what you hear yeah. or what you see. And please, we would love if our 50th episode did really well. Because yeah, that would be crazy. And Plus Ian, our 49th episode is doing really well. Yeah, yeah, not to scratch our own backs but it's really nice to see when stuff does well because we yeah. we feel that this is a we I think we're getting better I think we're getting better too and uh, we just want uh, more people to see and yeah. hit us up and everything we love all the fan interactions that we actually do yeah, have. Yeah, we're getting a lot lately. Yeah. Which is great. We've got a few thirsty ones as well, which I appreciate. I appreciate. Yeah. So, uh, getting me too tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. And if you don't see Ian here next week, he just told you what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and you should all watch Hamilton and neither of us know how to say no to this. And that is how we're going to end this podcast. Yeah.